Yo, welcome to another episode of Simply Bitcoin Live. We're your number one source for the peaceful Bitcoin revolution with car-breaking news, culture, matic warfare. We will be your guide through the separation of money and state. This is Simply Bitcoin Live. We bring on all Bitcoiners from the biggest names to the everyday Bitcoiner. If you're interested on coming in the show, reach out to me on the Orange Pill app, reach out to me on Twitter DM, and we'll be happy to book you. Today's going to be a great show. Mass adoption is happening on a worldwide scale. Reuters, even the legacy corporate media, which, you know, a lot of the time they're enemies of Bitcoin. Remember the article by the New York Times basically came out like people are seeking alternatives, specifically in countries that are the most affected by inflation. Right. And and it's interesting because, you know, the powers that be the establishment, uh, whether it's, you know, from the United Nations to the IMF and all these institutions were created supposedly to help people, um, you know, they're, they're coming out and they're staunchly against this movement. They're, they're saying stuff like, you know, this is a threat to financial stability. This is a threat to monetary sovereignty. And I have a very simple question for them. Like, how, how are people going to you know, pay their bills. How are people going to feed their families if they go down the system of which you want them to use? Now, it's convenient for them if they use that system, if they use, if people continue to use state money, because that's how they control people. That's the it, literally. So like, it, it, you know, and this is something that we've always said about Bitcoin, right? Bitcoin exposes incentives, right? And it's exposing the incentives of these institutions, and it's really highlighting the fact that these institutions are not really for the people of the world as they, you know, promote themselves to be. These institutions are really for themselves. Right. It's really about uh, money, power, politics and as much of that power that they can, can they, they can keep to themselves, I think, for the better. But in the process, it's really hurting people like we we gave you the in my opinion, it's the textbook example of Argentina where the IMF's head. Hey, we'll give you these, uh, you know, we'll bail out your country with these SDRs that we could just print out of thin air. As long as one of the clauses in that bailout is, hey, you must de-incentivize the adoption of Bitcoin in your country. Well, it looks like people are just not listening. And it's really simple as to why they're not listening. Incentives matter here. As much as the central planners would want a central plan, People at the end of the day, what do they what do they care about? They care about their family. They care about getting fed. They care about, you know, uh, making a living. And if the currency that they're being forced to use by their local governments is failing in epic fashion, clearly people are just going to be like, OK, we need to find it on another alternative. Now, before Bitcoin, there really wasn't a good alternative. Right. It, you know, a lot of these countries, they start to dollarize. So a lot of people try to get their hands on dollars, but then the government makes it very difficult for them. In the case of Argentina, the Argentinian banks seized people's dollar accounts in their bank accounts. Right. But that all kind of, you know, gets flipped on its head when people no longer have to store their wealth in a bank or in a third party. They could, you know, write down a 12 to 24 weird seed phrase and they could take self-custody of their wealth. And that makes it very difficult for the central planners to central plan to control the money. And don't fall for their BS narrative of this is for you. This is for financial stability. You know, this is for the monetary sovereignty of these countries. No, it's for the monetary sovereignty of you guys. It is definitely not for the monetary sovereignty of the individual and i think that's what we're rising here i think that's what we're witnessing here we're witnessing the rise of 
sovereign individuals and the way that they're able to achieve that sovereignty is through Bitcoin. Anyways, before we start the show, I want to bring up my legendary co-host, Always Optimistic. He did send me a selfie this morning, so I know he's in a good mood. Opti, one through 10, how much coffee did you consume this morning? Uh... What are, what's a per cup basis? I'm going to go with two because I only had two cups of coffee this morning. So not a whole pot. But hey, you know, sometimes I don't need a whole pot. I got some rest last night, Nico. I think I slept for like 10 hours. So I'm good to go. I, I went to bed at like eight o'clock like an old guy. <laughs> that, so. That's some good news. Yes, bro. At the end of the day, it is very exciting. And of course, the mic, the, the mic, ah, the man, the myth, the legend. Mike Muzz himself. He is the managing direct managing partner at Lightning Ventures. How are you doing, Mike? I'm better than excellent. Thank you for asking. Wow. Uh, certainly had more than two cups of coffee. <laughs> that's for sure. That's I why you're that. better than excellent. Uh absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I love I love that OPA plug in the beginning. That's pretty cool. You know, keep the spammers out, hit us up there. But um, Opti, good to hang with you again. And uh yeah, thanks for, for having me on and hanging. Man, it's an honor. And for anyone who doesn't know, Lightning Ventures, it's a VC, it's a VC uh focused exclusively on Bitcoin companies, right? And you guys fund Bitcoin companies. You guys make you guys are a big, you know, you contribute to a lot of these companies uh growth and expansion strategies because you need money to do that. So I think you play a key role in these ecosystem or like we we like to call it in the peaceful bitcoin revolution and we're going to spend the whole culture segment focusing on just that focusing on lightning ventures because i think a lot of people don't really see this side of bitcoin and i think it's it's equally as important anyways everybody no more delay let's jump straight into the show let's do it the bitcoin numbers Brought to you by Noddle. At this point, you should be running your own Bitcoin node. If you don't use your own Bitcoin node, you're trusting someone else's. Run your own version of Bitcoin Core, the Lightning Network, Whirlpool, and Dojo, all from the comfort of your own home. And if you're a digital nomad, you have absolutely no excuse because now you can run a Noddle through a virtual private server. Visit noddle.eu today. Everybody, I also want to tell you about the biggest Bitcoin conference on the face of the earth. It's coming up literally next week. Bitcoin 2023, Miami Beach, Florida, May 18th through the 20th. And you can use the promo code simply to get yourself a big discount. This is the biggest Bitcoin celebration of the year. And the speaker list is absolutely insane. We have a presidential candidate currently in second rate, uh, second place in the Democratic uh, Democrat presidential primary. We have Robert F. Kennedy Jr. related to the um, to the president uh, in the 60s. Uh, Michael Lewis, he's the author of The Big Short, Moneyball. We have the Chad Saylor, of course, Arthur Hayes, Alex Gladstein, Tulsi Gabbard, Eric Weinstein, Jack Maulers. We have a member of government from the country of Indonesia. We have Adam Back. We have Stacey Herbert, Senator Cynthia Lummis. We have Dylan LeClaire, Lynn Alden. Mike's going to be speaking there. Opti's going to be speaking there. He's going to be holding it down at analyst desk. I'm going to be on a couple panels as well. I think I'm going to be on the analyst 
on an analyst desk as well. If you're looking to get a job in the space, there's no better place. You have to go to Bitcoin 2023. Do it quickly. I mean, you're going to have to plan it out because the conference is literally a week away. You definitely don't want to miss the biggest Bitcoin celebration of the year. Bitcoin 2023 promo code simply at the time of recording. The Bitcoin price is 27425 Sats per dollar, 3646 Block height, 788958 Reachable Bitcoin nodes, 17096 And blocks to having 51000 uh, 51,042 having estimates April 22nd, 2024 total lightning network capacity, 5,387 Bitcoin capacity value, 147 million us dollars. And the realized monetary inflation rate is 1.75%. And the market capitalization is $531 billion with a B. Anyways, uh, today we want to talk about, uh, we always kind of compare, compare and contrast the, the, the two differences. And I think the, what I, I, what I really want to compare and contrast today is, you know, they're, they're, we're hearing this on a lot of the political channels. We're hearing this talk about, you know, the debt ceiling and about how important it is and about how the country's not going is basically going to fall on like catch on fire if it's not raised. So we're going to talk a little bit about the debt ceiling, what it is, what the actual definition of it of it is what the implication, what the long-term implications of it are. But here is Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen, and she was questioned about, uh, you know, what are the what would be the potential consequences of not raising the debt ceiling? This was her on CNBC yesterday. Let's check out the clip. Um, as every Treasury Secretary has known, the only option that really leaves our economy in good shape is in our financial system is raising the debt ceiling and making clear that Congress stands behind the basic principle that America pays its bills. We're not a deadbeat country. And if that's compromised, um, even in the run up to it, if it looks like we're going to go up against the ceiling and may not get it done, that will have tremendously adverse effects on financial markets in the economy. So there just is no good option. So raise the debt ceiling, borrow more money, also known as printing more money. Um, and then this thing that she said about uh, America is not a debt beat nation, it pays its bills. America's defaulted many times. Um, and the one that's the most famous with Bitcoiners is the when Richard Nixon took us off the gold standard in 1971, which led to basically the advent of fiat and the ability for the government to just continue to create money for free unchecked whatsoever at least before you know they couldn't do that because it had to be backed by gold that removed it altogether so yeah no that's bs uh america has defaulted on its debts before multiple times not just in 1971 but first let's define what the debt limit is here is from the u.s treasury website itself and it says the debt limit is the total amount of money that the United States government is authorized to borrow to meet its existing legal obligations, including Social Security, Medicare benefits, military salaries, interest on the national debt, tax refunds, and other payments. Now, but here's the thing. The United States spends so much money that there is no country on earth or sovereign wealth fund. You can make the argument that that's the same thing, or let's say just the, the, the private market that has the ability to buy 
that many bonds that the U.S. Treasury is issuing, right? So who buys these bonds? The Federal Reserve buys them, right? Anyways, um, so moving on, let's uh, let's go through some some data. Here's the total uh, public debt as a percentage of the glo- of the gross domestic product. Currently, the the amount of debt is a uh, hundred between 120 and 140 percent more than the GDP of the U.S. And that number continues to go up. Um, as you can see, it is literally a hockey stick hockey stick up into this right uh this data goes all the way back to 1966 interesting right in 1971 it's, it seems like it started to accelerate a little bit here's 2008 when they started the qe experiment and here is following up uh in 2020 when they printed the money due to the pandemic so i mean like yeah raise the debt ceiling they're inevitably gonna have to but i mean who's really paying the 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 price for this you know, it's the younger generation. I think a lot of these politicians, due to mother nature, they're not going to be around in 10, 20 years. Now, here's the now here's where the crux of the issue is, right? Is that every single year, a bigger and bigger percentage of the government budget just goes down, just goes to paying the interest on that debt. It doesn't even go to, you know, Medicare, these things that politicians talk about it doesn't go to Medicare, social program, military expenditures. It goes to just play, paying the interest rate. And again, this chart goes all the way back down to 1947. And as you see, it is a hockey stick up into the right. Now, what percentage of the GDP or sorry, the the national budget every single year is going to just paying the interest rate. So currently, the only thing that, you know, that 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 they're spending more money on at the moment, but not for very long, <laughs> based on how fast it's rising, is the, the budget. On, uh, they spend more of the budget on Medicare and Social Security, but everything else, income, income, security, uh, you know, defense non-defense we're currently paying more on an interest on that debt than we're paying on everything else and at the same time you see janet yellen she's making the case we have to make the we have to make uh we have to raise the the debt ceiling it's going to be catastrophic if we don't do it but at the same time you know they just announced this came out may 9th 2023 biden administration announces additional security assistance for ukraine and they're basically sending another 1.2 billion dollars so i mean how could you take them seriously right they're, they're, <laughs> like how could you take this it's like look an average everyday pleb was just like commenting is like i'm glad that they have their priorities straight so it's like like one like one side is like hey you have to raise the debt ceiling. We have to allow us to borrow more money. Currently, the U.S. government is spending a trillion dollars every year more than it's collecting in tax revenue. So, I mean, you can't really take it. You can't really take them seriously at this point. Here is the U.S. debt clock. Um, and as you can see, it just keeps continues to go up. The national debt is currently thirty one trillion dollars uh, right now. Um Debt per citizen, $94,000. Debt per taxpayer, uh, $247,000. So, I mean, like, it, you can't even think, like, there's no way that they're ever going to pay this, uh, pay this back. And we're going to reach a point where the interest payments are so high that it's going to, that the interest payments alone are going to take the majority U.S., uh, the U.S. budget in the year. So, I mean, so that's their system. That's what they're advocating for. 
you know, but this is why Bitcoin, this is why Bitcoin exists. This is why Bitcoin is here. This is total clown world. Uh, you're seeing clown world happen. And I think that there's a lot of unintended consequences of this crazy fiat experiment. And I think a lot of these politicians that are advocating for this, a lot of these politicians that are pushing this forward are not going to be the ones that feel the full brunt of their actions. It's really going to be the younger generations, the Gen Xers, the millennials, the Gen Z. I don't know what comes before Gen Z, but yeah, man, this is, this is, they're stealing from our future to pay for the now. And some of what they're paying for the now is funding a war in Ukraine with a, <laughs> with a nuclear arms nation. Like I, I, and look, here's the thing, guys, if they didn't have the money printer, they wouldn't be able to do that because they would only be able to raise money through do direct taxation. Now, could you imagine if the guy in the suit on TV goes on goes on and says, "Hey guys, we're raising the income tax more than it already is now because we want to fund a war thousands of miles away." They would literally be a revolution on the street, but the reason that they're able to get away with it is they they get that money through the hidden tax of inflation, which a lot of people are just not aware of. A lot of people don't know how money works, right? So anyways, this is what we're going through. I'm going to get uh, Mike's take on this first, and then we'll move on to Opti. Well, my take, just to let you know, uh, that Generation Y uh, comes before Z, and that's also known as a millennial. Uh, so just wanted to get that out there. No, I mean, I'm thankful that there's no debtor prison uh, so that uh, you can't just go to jail for whatever you owe, right? I mean, the government is just crazy. I haven't, I haven't looked at those numbers in a while. It's it's unbelievable. Um, but yeah, speaking of money, power, and politics, uh, it's a heavy way to start. Uh, we're chatting about the evil VCs, right? Uh, so fiat, right? Just like a lot of different uh, different industries out there that can get a bad rap, right? Attorneys can get a bad rap or guys selling cars can get a bad rap, but VCs often get a bad rap. So hopefully... Um, we can talk about how amazing the Bitcoin VC world is and how you can participate as an individual if you want to get involved with investing yourself. You know, you don't need big minimums uh, and can support companies and why kind of early stage technology investing is generally kind of kept away from retail. Uh, yeah, and can you talk a little bit about that, right? Because there's a there's a limit, right? There's a limit, right? There you, you have to be worth you have to have liquid assets of over a million dollars for you to get exposure or to for you, which is a, a, an absurd amount. So the government's basically saying you're too stupid or you're too poor. Um, and if you don't have a certain amount of liquid assets, you're not entitled to invest like the the elites do. So could you talk a little bit about how that currently works? Oh, the accredited investor scam. Yeah. The thing that we should all be protesting in the middle of the streets, the thing everyone should be up in arms over. Yeah, absolutely. Um, basically, you have to meet this level of nonsense, right? These numbers of how sophisticated you are as an investor. And apparently, the government thinks that your sophistication level is directly correlated with how much money you have, 
right? When these two things should be judged completely differently, okay? If there was an accredited investor sort of little test you had to fill out online, oh yeah, I'm accredited, I did the 30-hour bullshit, okay? That would be one thing, right? But the government says, no, 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 no. You have to actually make a bunch of money um, and then you can lose it, right? Uh, and then we don't care if you lose it, right? But if, you know, really, I think it's just to keep people out of probably the most powerful way to, grow wealth. Uh, it's how people get wealthy is investing in early technology. And, you know, the SEC has a very interesting take on how you are accredited, right? Because you don't need to actually submit any documentation. You just have to, you know, click the right button. Uh, so, you know, one of the requirements is you've had to make $200,000 uh, in the previous year and have the expectation that you're going to make it this year, right? And if you're a positive thinking person, I'm always thinking positive. Uh, so, you know, that would just clicking yes there, you would be an accredited investor. You know, people think there's all of these other documents, but really it's kind of just a gate, you know, to keep the riffraff out. But um, yeah, it's absolutely absurd that you can walk into any casino uh, in America and lose your life savings on a hand of blackjack or a spin of a, of a wheel. Uh, not only that, but that's their business model, right? They plan on you losing. That's part of the scam. Uh, it's baked in that you will lose, right? But that's completely fine. But, you know, if you want to invest a thousand bucks into the Orange Pill app or, you know, one of these companies, right? Uh, even early on, maybe you were in Blockstream or one of these monsters or Lightning Labs, you know, or uh, people that are really building the future. You can't do that unless you meet this ridiculous thing. Now, that's loosened since 2013. They came out with this jolts, um, jumpstart, uh, jobs, jumpstart our uh, small businesses. Uh, and basically that allowed for some retail to start participating with like the Reg CF crowdfunding and the Reg A and some of this stuff. Uh, but really not a lot. It's very slow. That also made it so a company could raise directly from other people, which until then was not possible. You couldn't just be like, this is my company. And if anyone wants to invest, you know, a hundred bucks or whatever, I want to be able to allow that to happen and to market it uh, effectively, or just to let you kind of your captive core enthusiastic audience know that they can invest, you know, and a lot of times those are your best investors, right? People who love your company, uh, not kind of dead weight sitting around. So these laws have loosened over time. I hope they continue to loosen. And I want you to know that I'm 100% against the entire scam of the accredited nonsense. Yeah. And, and then at the same time, right, it's like, you know, they come out and they say, okay, you know, we want what's best for you. We want what's this. But, at the, you know, on the other hand, they're just like, yeah, raise the debt ceiling, which your children are going to have to pay. You know, they're taking out of your pocket. So it's like the, the people that are supposedly watching for your best interest, passing these type of gatekeeper laws at the same time are also spending your future, you know, completely, you know, completely disconnected from reality. So it's like it. It's just like, it, it's so ridiculous. You know, you can't take these people seriously. Like perhaps if they had a good reputation, perhaps, you know, if they've, they, they've been making financial decisions, like uh, proper financial decisions with the country's future, you know, you'd be like, okay, you know, maybe these people care about me, but clearly they don't. I mean, their actions speak louder than words. Raise the debt ceiling even more of which the future generations are gonna have, they're gonna suffer the consequences of that. And then also not to mention, this is something that really pisses me off is the fact that if you're on a W-2, if you're not a contractor, 
and you're an employee, they automatically take Medicare out of your salary, out of your paycheck, of which do you really think, after I showed you guys those charts, do you really think you're going to get a dime out of that back uh, when you reach retirement age? You're not going to see a dime of it. So what is what? So what is it really? It's a freaking Ponzi scheme. That's literally what it is. And you have no option to opt out of it. I mean, you do have an option. The option is Bitcoin. But you guys get where I'm going with this. Anyways, Opti, uh, what's your take on this, bro? Uh, so I, 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 maybe my, my memory is failing me, but I think you, you did you date Yellen before Chrissy <laughs> or did you date... Was it Chrissy and then you broke up with with It was uh, just one good night with both of them together, Nico. Come on. Don't don't uh don't get me connected. <laughs> all right, all right, all right, being serious. Uh man, what's the point of the debt ceiling if it keeps moving up? You know, like they'll always find a reason to inch that up because they always want to spend more money. And I really like this comment here in the chat by Agent uh Agent Gold. He says the debt ceiling is the limit on Congress's credit card, and they get to choose how high it is, they'll never not raise it. And on that point, I saw this on Twitter earlier, and I went to verify while you guys were talking. And uh, I'm over here on NPR for the audio listeners. And here's the headline from NPR. Congress has raised the debt ceiling 78 times since 1960. Uh, so what's that? Like one plus time, one point something times a year they raise the debt ceiling. It's absolutely laughable. Imagine running your personal finances like the U.S. government does. Uh, you'd be bankrupt. Hint, hint. It's almost like this is the way that it works. But, man, we can opt out of this madness. We're Bitcoiners. If, if you don't like this game, at least now there's a fair game. And you can save in Bitcoin. You don't have to save in the dollar because they are robbing you. And it's by design, guys. And the only way to you know, not get pushed behind is by opting out of the dollar. So this is what we talk about every single day. It's almost like there's a fix to this. And it's almost like it's Bitcoin, guys. You guys know this. 100%. All right, everybody. In honor of Mike being here today, we're going to we're gonna jump straight into the culture. Then we're going to get to the news in the third segment. All right, everybody, let's do it. The Daily Culture. Brought to you by SwanBitcoin.com. Swan is the best way to build your Bitcoin stack with automated Bitcoin savings plans and instant purchases, serving clients of any size from $10 to $10 million. We love Swan because they incentivize self-custody and dollar cost averaging. What are you waiting for? Visit SwanBitcoin.com today. All right, guys, I also want to tell you about Swan's new offer. Bitcoin is generational wealth, and you can secure your bright orange future with the Swan IRA. Real Bitcoin, no taxes. Swan offers both traditional and Roth options to best fit your needs. Create your IRA and start adding Bitcoin in less than one minute. Transfers and rollovers are available. Swan's Bitcoin experts will get you set up with no transfer fees and no minimum balance requirements. This is real Bitcoin, non-ETF or other derivative. Get the real thing and get it at Swan. Go to swan.com IRA for more details. And of course, if you have any questions, doubts, concerns, you could always send me a message on the Orange Pill app or on Twitter DM, and I'll be happy to answer them. Anyways, the reason I, I wanted to jump straight into the culture segment today is we got we got the man, the myth, the legend, the the one of the founders of Lightning Ventures. And I think and I, I kind of want to double down on it. And, and you buried the lead there on the first segment, Mike, which is this idea that VCs get a bad rap. Right. But at the same time, if you want Bitcoin companies to grow, Right. We are fighting the monetary demons 
right? We, those Bitcoin companies need funding in order for them to grow, right? So could you take a, could you first give a little bit of context about what VC is and why it's necessary um, in in growing some company? Unless you want to bootstrap it, but most people don't have the funds to do that themselves, right? Yeah, the world of scaling startups and investing and venture capital, um, it's so fun. Uh, it's To me, it's the most interesting thing in the world because there's so much you can learn, uh, depending on how deep you want to go as far as, you know, founders and MVPs and KPIs and just the world of financing and just how to bootstrap something, where to get funding the psychology of choosing the right investor. You know, you have to really do your due diligence on the investor as well if you're building something. Uh, and you can think about that a lot of different ways. Uh, if you'll answer the phone, if that person calls you at 9 p.m. on a Sunday, they're probably a good fit uh, as an investor or a founder. You know, and th these are long, low time preference investments. You're with these companies through various life's, life cycles, you know, of their life cycle. And it's 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 interesting because founders only get a couple of shots, right? VCs get to do many shots, right? Many different term sheet negotiations, many different um, board seats. And, and, and as a founder, you know, you kind of do it once and you don't have that experience. And I think that there should be a lot more education, especially within the Bitcoin community, to the Bitcoin builders and founders and those teams that are scaling it um, and, and how to do it right. So from the guy who doesn't know how to build anything, except trying to build what I'm building with Lightning Ventures, um, you know, we don't just invest in our gone. Uh, it's a relationship that lasts a very long time. Sometimes you get pulled in. You know, I have AD, you know, the ADD mindset of having a portfolio of companies. It works well because you get pulled into one thing. There's a problem. Something happens. There's something to work through. Maybe you're like trying a little bit. You're more helpful and involved then. And then you're not, and then you're pulled away. And sometimes there are companies that you can't do anything for. What are we going to do for Strike? Um, what can we do for Unchained? <laughs> uh, I think they, they might be past that point. Maybe some hiring, you know, but we, that's, that's just where they're at, you know. And certain other investors can maybe introduce them to their next potential lead right? And facilitate secondaries and help people access liquidity, you know. I don't know anyone at Coca-Cola, okay? Uh, but I certainly know how to connect portfolio symmetry within our group of companies and things that are going on and be as helpful as possible and try to leverage a, a network of people who are also super talented and unique and love this. Right. And when you put all that together and you just try uh, to support and help these companies grow, that's really what we're doing. Uh, it's not some sort of blood sucking uh, industry, you know, and I think that that's a lot of the rap that it gets. Yeah. And then let's talk about, you know, I think it's necessary, right? You, you, you kind of need, you, you, you need it. So you, could you talk a little bit about that? Like why it's necessary, Mike, because I think a lot of these companies would not be able to get off the ground without, uh, without additional funding. Let's think about anything. And, and, and I like to bring things back to the music business a lot, right? Uh, so you're a band, you have a manager. Okay. Why does a band need a manager? Why can't a band manage itself? 
why can't a group of five musicians with their own individual uh, takes on things and theories on life and whatever, why do they need a lawyer for their band, right? That's not music, law and music. Why would we need a lawyer? But you need a lawyer, okay? Why would you need a manager? Why would you need someone to take 20% off the top and maybe help you with vision shaping and thinking and critical decisions or just be there as a sounding board? Why do you need that person? Is it worth 20%? Uh, in my opinion, absolutely. Why would you need a booking agent? Can't the manager also be the booking agent? Now we're paying a booking agent, you know, 15% uh, of all the shows that we perform and that that person books. You absolutely need, okay, an agent. So you have all these different uh, roles. They, they just fill so many different specific needs. And together, they work as a team. So when you're a founder and you're building something, you may have a co-founder. You might be a solo founder. You might have two co-founders. You might have a CTO. You might have whatever you have, right? But you have a team. So then you want to pour gasoline on that fire. You need some money, okay? So you can go out and you can raise uh, a bit of cash to sell a bit of equity or an equity-like instrument, okay, of your company. And that doesn't mean that person has any kind of control over you as a founder, OK, they can't like tell you what to do. They are only there to help and support your business at that stage. OK, if Lightning Ventures invests in something, we have zero influence over anything that they can do. All we can do is cheer them on, read their updates, try and be proactive with introductions and anything that we can do and just be helpful. OK, we can we are not in there with board voting rights and all these other things that happen kind of at later stages. Um, so I think that when you're putting together a cap table of advisors, okay, or investors or whatever, you need to choose properly. And these people are very important. If you have, if you take an investment for, let's say that you're in gaming, why not? Uh, let's say that you're in gaming and you have a gaming focused VC, okay, who is very impressive in that world, um, that would probably be somebody who could do a lot for your business. So that might be something that you can manage and then couple that with many other different VCs that have other relationships, right? Um, so it's really just assembling a team and, you know, some people, you just need capital and those people are great too. Somebody with, uh, that just wants to cut decent-sized checks and then they're a dentist during the day, but they're a closet Bitcoiner and they got the, they got the one earpiece in as they're doing the, the cavity or whatever. You know, that person is still very valuable, right? He might not be as involved, okay, but he reads the emails, he's providing capital. So everyone plays an important role. Yeah, 100%. And I also now want to focus on Let's say you are so inclined and you want to invest in some of these companies. I've done so myself in a couple of them. And, you know, how, how, how do they go about this? Could they, could they do, do this through the Lightning Ventures app? And I, and I want to read some of them for the, our audio listeners that you guys have invested in, which is we have uh, Amber, we have a Steco, shout out Beauty On, we have the Bitcoin company, we have Swan on there, we have Foundation Devices, we have Unchained Capital, we have Orange Pill app. 
We have uh, Geyser, we have Scare City, we have Start 9, we have Strike, we have Thunder. So, I mean, like, the you, you guys have invested in, you know, some of the biggest uh, Bitcoin companies in the space. How, how, uh, how if, if someone wants to partake in that, if someone wants to invest in these companies, Thunder Games, I saw they're on there as well. How do they go about that? So, um well, there's a few different ways, right? Like, how do you participate? Well, first off, uh, you can be an LP, okay, a limited partner in another person's fund, uh, or if we were to ever have one, uh, and you can invest in a fund, and then that person invests it for you, right? These things that you're talking about, we also have a deal by deal. Uh, it's like your own, just your decision right? You get to read our thoughts, you get to read what we put together, and then you can invest a low minimum of a thousand bucks or more, right? Um, that's the thing is it's NGU technology. Uh, and you should invest in a, a, a small amount of money when you get rolling with angel investing, you should not invest a lot, nor should you sell a bunch of Bitcoin to do so. But when you're talking about crazy outsized returns, um, that we believe are going to outpace the price of Bitcoin. Otherwise, we wouldn't do that. Okay. If I didn't believe that investing in early stage Bitcoin companies was going to, and by the way, a lot of them have Bitcoin treasuries. Um, okay. So, first off, this syndicate, until I can launch something, there's a really cool portfolio company on there called Digital, Digital Markets. They're doing all these things with liquid and actual securities. Okay. Now, when we can fund our Bitcoin companies, using bitcoin and not be in this fiat world trust me i'm trying but it's very difficult and it takes a lot and we're we're short we're, we're short stacked right now i mean you know we're running a first pilot fund there's no fees and we're, we're living we, we we just don't have a budget for something like that but um we're gonna make it so you can invest bitcoin and i've gotten more requests lately to invest using Bitcoin than fiat than, than ever. I mean, it's just like some people and, and they take it out on me. I'm like, no, I'm sorry, blah, blah, blah. That's the way it is. And they're like, well, I'm not doing it. <laughs> like, it's, not, it's not my fault. Um, but yes. Okay. So if you're already on AngelList, um, you could actually just apply for our syndicate. There's a link on our website. It's ltng.ventures. Uh, if you're not in our syndicate, and you want an easy onboarding process that removes a lot of red tape and a necessary kind of waiting period uh, and all this other stuff, then you should fill out our LP application form on the website and we'll send you a custom invite, okay? Which will cut a lot of that nonsense out of the way. But that's only if people do that, right? So if you're already on AngelList, click the button, hit apply. If not, I would suggest doing the LP application. And by the way, I, I want everyone to do the LP application anyway, because we need to know your superpowers. Like, look at look at Nico and Opti right here. Like, the work that goes into this is insane. This is an absolute superpower. To put on all this shit that you're seeing here and this and that and chats and live streams and whatever, whatever. Like, this is a ton. Like, they are experts. All right. When they are managing your YouTube channel or involved with your media, they that is a superpower. Right. So I would be so lucky if they were in Lightning Ventures. OK, I would be so lucky to even have them in our fold. All right. To be able to step in with a company to not only help them potentially invest in them, potentially advise them what consulting, whatever. Right. But that's the goal. That's the name of the game is to get as many amazing people as you can 
to learn their superpowers so that when a company says to you, hey, you know, we don't really want to hire a director of like marketing, you know, but we want kind of like a fractional like, here's what we need. You know, we can we can spend X, but we can't just get like some random guy to like run your Twitter, right? Because they'll fuck it up. So, you know, and just to be able to provide a lot of tools from your network is great. But kudos to Opti and Nico. I mean, this is freaking awesome. Uh, man, I, I will. I, I, I appreciate I appreciate the love, dude. Uh, really, really, really do. Um, and yeah, Mike, this is um, I, I, the way that I see it is, you know, this is we are in a peaceful revolution. You got to fund Bitcoin companies like if you if we want to win this. Look, we, we saw it with the mem the mem space, the mempool. It was completely completely full. And then I was saying yesterday and I got a, a lot of heat for it is like, I hope the fees go to $100 per transaction <laughs> because what that's going to do is it's going to spur innovation on the Lightning Network, the likes of which we've never seen before. But uh, but to spur that innovation, that innovation needs funding. And what better funding to come from a Bitcoin-only VC, right? So someone who, who is a Bitcoiner through and through, believes in Bitcoin, believes that Bitcoin is going to make the world a better place, right? And you can tap into that and not to mention all the resources that, you know, you guys could provide and all the uh, advisement that you guys could provide to, you know, Bitcoin companies that are on the come up. And one of the things that I always hear, it's like, like, OK, like Nico, like it's like, why don't you why don't you just invest in Bitcoin? You don't have to do you could totally just invest in Bitcoin. But the reality is that we do need the infrastructure in order to become the next global reserve currency. Like there needs to be Bitcoin companies that are being built. There needs to be Blockstream. There needs to be Swans. There needs to be Orange Pilt. Obviously, obviously Swans my favorite. But, you know, you guys get the gist of this, right? Is that you you need Bitcoin companies. You need those Bitcoin companies to grow. And if you want them to grow, they need funding. And you don't want the funding to come from Andreessen and Horowitz. You want the funding to come from fellow Bitcoiners. So, dude, I applaud your effort. You play such a key role in the background, Mike. You know, you play this key role in the background that you're helping these Bitcoin companies grow. And I really, really want to highlight the importance of what it is you do and the mission that you're on because it, because it is a vital, it's a vital, it's a key is a key part of the Bitcoin ecosystem to help other Bitcoin companies grow and also to tap into all the resources that you guys provide as well. All right, listen, wait, we have to distinguish something here, okay? Because everyone has this like, you know, kumbaya Bitcoin and we're all in it together and all that kind of thing. But listen, we are not saving the manatees here. This is not like Geyser, which I love, okay? Uh, this is not like... Uh, crowdfunding, you know, more global reach and ways to like get your documentary funded or like, you know, send a thousand books to, you know, whatever, or like, you know, do that. Okay. That is different. All right. We are investing in these companies and we have high expectations that not only are these investments going to, um, outperform the price of Bitcoin, but it's the way to complement and like supercharge uh, your diversity to this space. I mean, many of our companies are holding Bitcoin treasuries. I mean, every time that price ticks higher, you're going back to the future the months prior and you're like, you're right, your whole, all your numbers change, right? With the price when you're on a Bitcoin standard. So there's a lot happening there. And, you know, 
this isn't like, it's not like a charity. Okay. When we choose to invest in something that there are good deals, we don't often, we don't really lead, uh, but we've negotiated terms and been sometimes the first checks. And I can, I can talk about it now because it is actually technically a public offering, but you know, just because it, it's come up, we have a deal for the orange pill app right now. Okay. It's a live deal in lightning ventures. Um, Okay, so we have that. So it's a very modest valuation. Okay, that app 10xing from here versus Bitcoin 10xing from here, the app 10xing, that stuff can happen in a matter of months. Okay, maybe that can happen with the Bitcoin price from here, right? Because it's Bitcoin, we can do anything. Okay, I mean, who knows, right? I would be on the side that it's not. Okay, that we're not just going to have the million dollars in 90 days, but anything can happen. Right. So when you invest in these companies, just the, the sheer shot, you know, of, you know, twenty five thousand dollars in in Uber, which would have been ridiculous at the time. I mean, that was like 100 million bucks. Okay, now that took 10 years. Maybe you could have took some money off the table in between. But, you know, where else are you going to get returns like that? Like twenty five grand in Airbnb seed round would have been $2 billion at the IPO, like with a B, like that's unreal. And yeah, those are like once in a lifetime. We're talking about massive companies, but uh, still very good. And if you think we're early to Bitcoin, we're mad early for the Bitcoin ecosystem, right? And there's a difference between things like Geyser that are doing a lot to fund projects in a non-dilutive equity sort of way to fund things that you want to happen, right? Passionate stuff. OK, to get those and solve like for the Canadian trucker issue and a lot of these other things, there's that. Then there's like builders, right, that are building necessary tools, but they're not quite like investable. You know what I mean? Some like node management, something or other, this, that, all the crap that Super Testnet does. And like even LN Bits, which could be a real business. And I hope it is. I mean, everything LN Bits does is like God mode, you know? So like all of these things, like they're all so necessary, right? They're working on major upgrades, right? And those need to get funded, but that's not like the VC world. We're investing in, you know, crowd health because we think it's a thousand times better than just getting regular health insurance. You know what I mean? We're investing in like Azteco because in like Africa, like it went to Africa, like Azteco would just wildfire. Okay. Okay. So these like really big ideas, they're hopefully going to bring substantial returns. And by the way, if us, if you join lightning ventures and you put a thousand dollars into whatever orange pill app, like I'm some kind of scammer, Right. You know what I mean? Like it's a registered broker dealer. Like they're going to, you have documents, right? There's, you're never, you're never going to lose the seed phrase to that investment. Okay. Um, you have a ton to potentially gain and not really that much to lose. And directly going up against the price of Bitcoin, like we have our work cut out for us, but um, it's really fun. And I, yeah. that, that guy called me a scammer. I think that's pretty funny. No, I mean, that's fine. That's fine. But like at the end of the day, like, you know, this is the basis of capitalism, right? This is the basis of capitalism. The basis you, you have to invest in, in, you know, you have to invest to, to make companies grow. Uh, and these are Bitcoin companies, which is why I wanted to, 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 you know, if we want this bright orange future, right? We're going to need the infrastructure in place and the, and the, and the who, who is building the infrastructure. It's Bitcoin only companies that are, you know, putting in the time, putting in the effort. Uh, to do just that, right? Um, you wouldn't have a swan, 
without, you know, investors getting them off the ground. You wouldn't have a strike if you didn't have, uh, you know, investors getting them off the ground. You wouldn't have all these Bitcoin companies that you guys regularly use if you didn't have people that were willing to risk their capital to believe in the in the vision of the founder to get these off the ground. This is literally the basis of capitalism. At the same time, you know, if you want to if you want to just stick to just a Bitcoin and, you know, that's your that's your prerogative, you could totally do just that. But I really wanted to highlight Lightning Ventures today and I want to applaud Mike because what you do, man, is something that is absolutely necessary for this ecosystem to grow. And it's something that does not get a lot of attention and it does not get a lot of love. But from simply, we appreciate you, man. And we do we do love what you're doing and we think it's absolutely necessary in or, uh, to fund Bitcoin companies and to f make those Bitcoin, to help those Bitcoin companies grow and to become the behemoths of you know the next 10 years man and and i really do believe that uh, let's take out goldman sachs let's take out all these banks you know that are clearly not acting in your best interest imagine if the if the new power players instead of goldman sachs and jp morgan are companies like swan or companies like unchained or companies like strike you know but we gotta we gotta fight we gotta get to that point and uh yeah man so if you guys want to get involved, we'll put more uh, we'll put more information in the video description. Hit up Mike; he's he's on Twitter as well. But anyways, guys, no more delay. Let's get into the news. But before we get into the news, guys, I want to tell you about uh, the best way to properly back up your Bitcoin wallet, back up seed words and passphrases. You don't want to put your 12 or 24 word seed phrase on paper. You want to put it on steel. It's easy to use, hard to destroy. This is the Bitplates Domino and it's made from highly corrosion resistant 316 marine grade stainless steel. That's right. If you get in a boating accident, you'll be you'll be good because this is marine grade stainless steel and it offers the ultimate protection against extremes of temperatures. You can use the promo code simply to get a 10% discount anything on the bitplates.com website. Anyways, guys, no more delay. Let's jump straight into news. Let's do it. The Daily News. The Daily News is brought to you by Blockstream Jade, built by Bitcoiners for Bitcoiners. It's an open source hardware wallet for the cold storage of Bitcoin. Check out the brand new limited edition color, the transparent green jade. Blockstream Jade houses a full color camera, allowing for fully air gap Bitcoin transactions, scan and display QR codes directly on the device, assign transactions and verify addresses with ease. Use your Blockstream Jade with your favorite wallet software, such as Blockstream Green, Blue Wallet, Electrum, Sparrow. Get yourself a Blockstream Jade today and take self-custody of your Bitcoin. All right, guys, I also oh, messed that one up. All right, guys, I also want to give a shout out to our new sponsor, the Orange Pill app, Stack Friends Who Stack Sats. It's the number one resource for Bitcoin only events. Create a Bitcoin only event, find a Bitcoin only event near you, search by location, date. Are you going to Miami? I'm sure your day is going to be full of amazing speakers and talks, but what are you going to be doing at night? There's nothing worse than being in Miami, a city full of Bitcoiners, but you're in your hotel room watching TV at night. Hop on the Orange pill app events page and find all the bitcoiner events near you build that local network of bitcoiners together we are stronger anyways everybody uh so we are witnessing massive adoption on a worldwide scale the matrix is breaking it's cracking there's a glitch in the matrix it's 
they're not going to they're not going to be able to keep this up for an extended period of time. This is Reuters. Reuters is not a big fan of Bitcoin. They've trashed El Salvador in the past. Actually, they dedicated a whole op-ed on calling Nayib Bukele a crazy person. A year later, boy oh boy, did that blow up in their face. Um, Anyways, we are the media now. Independent content creators are the media now. Anyways, digital coins. This is a Reuters uh, headline. It says digital coins lure inflation wary Argentines and Turks. Uh, can inherently volatile cryptocurrencies become safe, safe havens? Apparently, I mean, look, so they so in media, there's something really important called framing. Right. And framing is the way that you say things and the way that you 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 bring up these rhetorical questions or you you kind of frame it. So they're starting off with the frame. Right. This says can inherently volatile cryptocurrency be, become a, a safe haze. Right. They're they're trying to they're 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 setting the point of, of discussion. Right. Argentina has one hundred and four percent inflation, one hundred and four percent inflation in in Bitcoin terms. Bitcoin is making all-time highs if you compare it to the Argentine currency. So just off the bat, that is a straight-up misrepresentation. That is a spin. That is a media spin. Anyways, it goes on to say, apparently they can in some parts of the world, such as Argentina and Turkey, where soaring prices and, lo and tumbling local currencies have forced people to seek refuge in digital coins. Ownership of digital currencies in Turkey was the highest in the world at 27.1%, followed by Argentina, 23.5%, well above the global uh, Bitcoin and shitcoin ownership rate estimated at 11.9%. 11 What's common in Turkey and Argentina, besides their pole positions in crypto adoption, is high inflation, which has led to crumbling currencies and capital controls to deter local residents from taking money out. Do you know how insane that is? We want to force you to use a money that has 104% inflation. Like, this is nuts. Anyways, the lira and peso have been plunging and are, and are at record lows. Argentina's uh, peso trades around 464 per dollar in the black market, more than double the exchange rate of 200, the official exchange rate of 230 to uh 222 so what does that mean that means that if you exchange peer-to-peer -peer dollars for pesos with the average everyday person the actual rate is 464 dollars per peso if you go to like if you land in the argentina airport and you use one of those like uh exchange places that i'm sure that you guys have seen if you've traveled internationally if you've gone to an airport uh the official exchange rate that they'll give you is 222 that's the government trying to artificially prop up the value of their currency. Anyways, much of the safe haven buying has been in stable coins such as USD and Tether, which are crypto tokens pegged one-to-one -to, -one to a traditional asset such as US dollar or gold, giving investors an alternative to scarce dollars. Now, that, I'm, I'm telling you right now, that provides a false sense of financial sovereignty. Both USDC and Tether have and done so in the past, frozen people's accounts, right? Not to mention the fact that, hey, the US dollar also has, has inflation as well. It's just a matter of time before people start to wake up to the fact that only Bitcoin can provide them true financial sovereignty. Anyways, here is this uh, very, very interesting graph. Um, 
or graphic better said and it gives out basically it lays out uh it goes from july september 2021 and it goes to july september 2022 and every single country except for malaysia the average adoption of Bitcoin has gone higher. In the United Arab Emirates, it's sitting at roughly 20%. In Indonesia, it's at 20%. In Brazil, it's at 20%. In Thailand, it's at 20, uh, 21.9%. In the Philippines, 23.4%. In Argentina, 23.5%. In Turkey, it's at 27 percent one percent so it seems like people and this is what we've been talking about for a long time now right it seems that people don't really care about what the guy the talking head on tv in a suit telling you that it's your patriotic duty to use your state currency they don't really care what that person has to say they're choosing to opt out into an alternative because it means being able to provide and put being able to provide for their families and being able to put food on the table for their families as well. Now, what do the powers that be think of this, right? So we've talked a lot about uh, we've talked a lot about the IMF and we're going to continue to do so because I think that they're anti-human. I think that they're it's an evil organization. Perhaps the people that work there are, you know, not evil. Perhaps they're they, they have good intentions. But I mean, like, <laughs> Yeah, it, it, look, guys, the the bailout that Argent that the IMF gave gave Argentina came with the condition that they had to uh, de-incentivize the adoption of Bitcoin. Do you remember how the IMF reacted to when El Salvador made Bitcoin legal tender? So the question that I have for you guys are: These institutions really for are they really concerned for? the interest of the people in those countries or are they really in the business of keeping control of those countries keeping monetary control of those countries and i think it's a very very important question that we have to ask and something that alex gladstein has done an he's done incredible work really exposing this specific topic so let's read a little bit about the imf and their so-called uh you know policy procedures to um, this is a press release from the IMF website themselves. And it says IMF executive board discusses elements of effective policies for crypto assets. And here's the part where I think is really, really interesting. It goes on to say, directors agree that crypto assets have implications for policies that lie at the core of the fund's mandate. In particular, the widespread adoption of crypto assets could undermine the effectiveness of monetary policy, circumvent capital flow management measures, and exacerbate fiscal risks. What about 104% inflation? What about double digit inflation? that most countries around the world, the countries that don't have the financial privilege of countries that have relatively uh, stable fiat currencies, like the United States, like the developed world, like Great Britain, like Europe, what about them? It, that, it's completely left out of this argument. This argument is just talking, and, and they, they, use the, they use the buzzwords, right? Exacerbate fiscal risks. What is a bigger fiscal risk than having to deal with 104% inflation? What is a bigger risk? I, I don't know one. Could you tell me one? Um, circumvent capital flow management measures. I mean, we were reading it here in the Reuters article how their capital control measures was they're literally trying to stop people 
to get out of the peso. Not to mention the fact that their official rate would absolutely wreck you. The official exchange rate of the peso is 222 when the actual rate, which they call the black market rate, but that's what the actual free market determines is the actual value of the peso, is at 464 uh, pesos per dollar. So, I mean, like, what is it that they're talking about exactly? Anyways, it goes on to say, directors therefore emphasize that robust macroeconomic policies, including credible institutions and monetary policy frameworks, are first-order requirements and that the fund advised in these areas will remain crucial. Directors generally agree that crypto assets should not be granted official currency or legal tender status in order to safeguard monetary sovereignty and stability. What... What in 104% inflation are they fucking talking about? And remember, they gave El Salvador shit and they used the same buzzwords that making Bitcoin legal tender is a threat to the financial stability of El Salvador. Naim Bukele basically gave them a metaphorical middle finger and look at El Salvador today. A year later, after they gave that warning, what you're seeing in El Salvador is peace and prosperity, the likes of the likes of which have never been seen in that small country. And Argentina, which took the advice of the IMF, well, the people and the individuals of Argentina got absolutely fucking wrecked. So I don't think the IMF and the directors and all these people, I don't think that they're acting in the best interest of these people as they advertise themselves to be or to do. This is an utter scam. It's a scam, but it's not only it's not only the IMF. It's also the United Nations. It says the United Nations trade body calls for halting cryptocurrency rise in developing countries. Why are you why are you trying to halt something that is actually helping people? Well, it's very simple because they can't control it. And because they can't control it, they can't control you. The central planners that think they know what's best for you, they can't control you if you choose to opt out. And for now, it's stable coins. That's what's popular because people think that, you know, the dollar is relatively stable. But I'm, I'm, I'm making the, 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 I guess, prediction that that is, that is a short-term thing and that over time, all roads lead to Bitcoin. Now, what's really interesting, and we've covered this article many, many times, um, where it says, you know, all that glitters is not gold, but one of their, one of, which I can't find right now, but one of their uh, slogans uh, on top of that website is prosperity for all. Um, so, like, do they really mean that slogan? Do they actually believe it? Do they actually really have the best interest of the people of El Salvador? Do they really have the best interest of the people of Argentina? Do they really have the best interest of, uh, you know, the people of Turkey? And all these countries that they say they have the best interest for. Well, you know what? Words are cheap. Actions, you know, actions take work, right? Actions speak for themselves, right? The proof is in the work, right? So I think the IMF has uh, overstayed its welcome, over, overstayed, uh, definitely has gone uh, completely away from its originally stated goal. I think you can even make the argument that, that, that they're evil. I don't think that the people that work at the IMF are necessarily evil. I really do believe that they believe in their hearts that they're doing what's best. But hey, look at the results. The results speak for themselves. The problem is that the United Nations and the IMF, they're going to have to give up some control in order for this to happen. 
And that's going to happen whether they like it or not. They can't stop this train. So obviously, obviously, they're staunch opponents against what's happening. Because to them, what it boils down to is power, money, politics. And people opting out of a system of which they can't control, they can't debase, is a big threat to them. They've overstayed their welcome, but it doesn't matter because people are not listening to them anymore. And the reason they're not listening to them anymore is because the shit that they've promised hasn't worked. And you know what is working? You know what doesn't care what country you happen to live in, what country you happen to be born in, what the color of your skin is, what your religion is? Bitcoin. Bitcoin is for everyone. And we have to get them to acknowledge that. We have to get them to admit that because that's an indefensible position for them and they will not have a good answer to that. So what they're relying on is misrepresentations, spin, and misinformation, basically saying Bitcoin is a is a threat to financial stability. That's not the case. The IMF and the United Nations are a threat to financial stability, and that is the truth. Anyways, um, Mike, what's your take on this? And we'll pass it on to Opti. Nothing to add. You just tickled my fancy. You're 100 right there. Um, one thing though, I'm curious about those charts. You know, it's it's always crypto and not Bitcoin. So some of the adoption there. Uh, I am really curious, is that is that NFTs, is that YOLO stuff, or are those numbers, um, more, you know, is, is Bitcoin a significant uh, bit of that? But I have nothing to add. I mean, what you said was 100%, man. Thanks, man. Yeah, I think so. According to the article, mostly uh, the vast majority is is uh, stable coins. And the reason it's stable coins is because stable, they, they're using a lot of people are using stable coins in order to like circumvent the capital controls that these local governments have installed. But again, I think that's that's a short term phenomenon. I think that when people wake up to the fact that, you know, the U.S. dollar is not stable and what's that meme that's very popular? Uh, sats are my stable coin. I think when the world wakes up to the fact that, hey, if I take self-custody of my Bitcoin, can't be debased, it can't be confiscated easy, and I can travel anywhere, I can vote with my wallet and vote with my feet, I think that the world's going to wake up to the fact that, hey, you know, it's either Bitcoin or slavery. We've said this many times on the show, all roads lead to Bitcoin. But it's it's. I think that this is a good step in the right direction because at least people are now willing and able to seek alternatives to the government current, the local currencies that governments are providing. And I think in the process, it's exposing those said governments, and it's also exposing institutions like the IMF. Anyways, Opti, what's your take on this, bro? Well, first, uh, you know, just love that the world is waking up to the Bitcoin signal. We talk about it all the time. We we all know the meme, all roads lead to Bitcoin. And we know the blueprint, you know, pain drives people to change. First, they'll probably move into the dollar, then gold, and then shit coins. And, but eventually, everything will funnel into Bitcoin as everyone wakes up to what is really happening. And it's what we say here all the time on the show. It's not red or blue. Uh, it's about control and freedom. So it's orange versus green. The dollar, the fiat system is designed to control you. And, uh, you know, like who cares what the IMF wants? Like as an individual, just saving Bitcoin because it means giving you a better life. 
<clears throat> and you know you have to put the oxygen mask on yourself first save yourself save in bitcoin run the software for yourself uh run a bitcoin node protect yourself and your family and everything will basically you know eventually make its way out and people will start to wake up to the signal that the only thing they can really save in is bitcoin and opting out of this madness so again you know i think uh foss said it first but all roads lead to bitcoin it's only a matter of time until everyone wakes up to what is happening so i guess the world just needs a little more pain i guess we need the imf and their friends the cohorts of uh central planners to continue to try to scramble to control people's behaviors because the the more they squeeze the more people will go on to the bitcoin standard so again it's all good for bitcoin and we're just seeing it happen in real time 100 and and I, I, like make no mistake they are the strongest advocates for bitcoin they're the strongest marketing arm of bitcoin is the IMF, it is the world governments, because it's like the more they say these things, the more they get caught on lies, the more people start to say enough is enough. I, I got to provide for my family. I got to use the money that doesn't steal from me, you know, and, and then here is the, the very basic question that I think once the the mass consciousness starts asking this, I think it's game over. It's game set and match, which is why are we being forced to use money that steals from us? Why is that? Well, why does money have to steal from us? I think once people start asking that question, the vast majority of people start asking that question, governments will not have a good response. Their only response is misrepresentations, spin, and of course, they try to coerce people to use these central bank digital currencies, which they don't want. They don't want to use them because central bank digital currencies do not solve inflation. We don't want more efficient payments. We have the fucking lightning network. We just want money that doesn't steal from us. And that is Bitcoin, of course. Anyways, everybody, let's get to the meme review. Opti, let's do it. The Daily Meme Review. Brought to you by Kaboomracks. I get this question all the time. Nico, where should I buy Bitcoin miners? The answer is Kaboomracks. It's the best place to buy Bitcoin miners. That's where you're going to find the best deals and the best prices. Start your mining utopia today. To check out their racks, you got to go to t.me slash Kaboomracks. Join their Telegram group and start your mining journey today. Kaboomracks. All right, guys, before we get into the meme review, I want to tell you about Simply Bitcoin is throwing its first live event. I'm talking about the Touching Tips ceremony, which I'm doing with BTC Sessions. We're going to be having a live show Tuesday, May 16th at 11 a.m. during the Bitcoin conference week. It's going to be at Bitcoin Grove. What is happening? I will I'll be dying a strip of my hair blonde by the lovely Mrs. Sessions. We'll be having a live Simply Sessions news show stream. We'll be having giveaways and prizes. The luscious golden locks of BTC Sessions and myself will combine and possibly create a god candle the likes of which Bitcoin has never seen. We'll also have a few drinks and enjoy each other's company. I hope to see a lot of you guys there. There's more. Uh, if you want to know more details, you want to purchase the uh, purchase tickets. It's all in the video description. I hope to see you guys there. Anyways, Opti, what type of memes do you have uh, lined up for, for us today, brother? 
Well, I'm not going to lie, Nico. I thought you were going to rug pull the memes today because we went long and I was just, I was getting ready for the, the tomatoes from everyone. But you guys already know the deal. Tweet to the bullets, memes are the artillery. We are in an information war right now and uh, you guys are on the front lines. You guys continue to get the calls of action. You continue to ridicule the corporate press and you continue to make our lives better by making us laugh. Anyways, the first meme is we had Muzz on the show. So I was on your Twitter and I saw one of the first things or the last things you guys tweeted was a perfect meme. So I'm like, all right, perfect. So here we go. Lightning Ventures. It goes, these scam coins are getting crazy. And there's a picture of the $100 bill. And it goes, these scam coins are getting crazy. Someone just showed me this one. $27 trillion in circulation. Unlimited supply cap. Only one node. 25% of supply minted in the last six months. And 1% of holders own 30%. What shit coin is this? It is the American dollar. These scam coins are getting crazy. Okay, this next one is by the BTC therapist, and it goes, time is running out, hashtag Bitcoin. And we got uh, Lois from Family Guy, and she's looking at her pills, and it goes, when the BTC having is less than one year away, and the pills is cheap sats, and it is her freaking out because we are already 100% in Bitcoin, and we still have cheap sats, and we need to figure out how to get more Bitcoin. Oh, I feel the pain. Okay, this next one is by Magoo, and it goes, simplistic articulation of why bitcoin and we got a little chart here and it goes corrupt money leading to corrupt incentives which corrupts the money more which eventually corrupts society which continues to corrupt incentives and it's all just a circular uh negative feedback loop of corrupting the money which eventually leads to corrupting society and you guys are feeling the pain because you guys are a part of it anyways this next meme is by btc padre and it goes I've learned a lot today. Mostly a lot of you are emotional and the other half are psychos that know too much about the protocol. And we got the Matthew McConaughey meme here, but it's actually a Pepe with laser eyes, smoking a cigarette, looking at its phone, just stressed <laughs> out and wondering what everyone is talking about. TLDR, everyone is emotional and the other half is just complete psychos and know way too much about the Bitcoin network. Anyway, this next meme is by BTC Sessions. And it goes, if you run any sort of business that accepts Bitcoin, you're going to start looking like a clown if you can't handle lightning payments. And I forget what show this is. Um, it's on Cartoon Network. But it goes, he's beating him with a book. And he goes, time to learn about the lightning network. Anyways, this next meme is by Pub Lord Hot on. It goes, few cheers with some be with some beers. And uh, I, I still don't know what show this is from, it's, guys. It's Nicolas Cage and the uh, Pedro Pascal. I know, I know who they are, but I don't know what this show is or what. It's a commercial. I don't, I don't know. Anyways, we got Nicolas Cage and goes, why are you laughing? The fees are so high. And we got, what's his name, Pedro? And he goes, I don't fucking sell. It doesn't matter to me. This is the way. Anyway, this next one is a continuation of what we say here all the time. This is by Liberty Capital, your declarations of memes. And uh, it's a signals getting out there, guys. It's no longer Democrat versus Republican. It's control versus freedom. This is the framing, guys. It's not left or right. It is orange versus green. It is about total control and freedom and you opting out on the Bitcoin network. Anyway, drop your meme review score in the chat and we will cover them live as we cover ours. Anyways, uh, I'm running out of things here, Nico. So I'm looking around and I have my electrical plug that is, it's actually plugged into the wall still. So, Oh, a live electrical plug, live electrical plug, live electrical plug. Um, I'm digging through my desk, bro. Oh, I got something. I'm going to give it an orange lock. 
It's not just a lock. It's an orange lock. It's mm. orange. Yeah, that's right. Anyways, uh, Mike, what would you give those memes? What is that? It's a gold. Oh, it's a vape. It's a gold vape. <laughs> it's a gold vape. All right, that's some some good scores. Anyways, guys, before we start reading some of the viewer scores, I want to give a shout out to our awesome clothing sponsor, Opti Night, where the merch every single day. I'm wearing the classic Simply Bitcoin camo hoodie. Opti's wearing the dad hat. He's wearing also the black, the the black classic white represent hoodie with the with the symbol. There's snapbacks that are still available. You can scan the QR code on screen. It will take you there, and you can use the promo code Simply Dash Bitcoin, and you can get yourself a discount. Anything on the RepresentLTD.com store. Check out all their other stuff. It's also really, really, really badass. Anyways, Opti, let's get to the scores. But first, we have to cue. The epic music. Be aware and focus. I give those memes Bob Dylan vocals on the song Pump It Up. You've got to pump it up. Okay, okay. Very nice. Bitcoin for Canadians. I give those memes Nico's hot hair dyeing ceremony gone wrong. He shaves, he shaves his beard off instead. Don't say that. <laughs> now I'm scared. Opti's Coffee UTXO stuck in mempool says... The audience at the live event also touching tips with Nico and Sessions. I like it. I like it. Igor, I give those memes all the one sat bite transactions in the waiting room. Ranmore, meme score, Bitcoin is one way street. Yes, I absolutely agree. Elaine, proof of work documented by, by Fed and IMF for all their fiat. Button pushers with sore fingers. Okay, we end the meme score because of the buzzer. No other reason. Anyways, guys, <laughs> if uh, if you haven't already done so, subscribe to the audio ver- audio only version of the show. You can find us on Anchor, Spotify, Apple Fountain. We appreciate all the love that we're getting on Fountain, guys. Thank you so much for helping the show stay on air. Also, check out our Substack. Uh, everything we do is absolutely free. But if you do want to support the show. You gotta go. You go to www.simplybitcoin.news. You subscribe to our Substack, seven bucks a month. But like I said, everything we do is free. But we really do appreciate the the support if you feel so inclined. Anyways, I also want to thank our special guest for today, Mike, managing partner at Lightning Ventures. Mike, thank you so much for joining us. Why don't you tell everybody where they can find you on the interwebs? Sure. Um, my friends call me Muzz. Um, uh, my Twitter handle is Mike Jarmuz, J A R M U Z. Our website is ltng.ventures, or if you just search for Lightning Ventures, we invest in Bitcoin companies and we try to spread that, uh, our vigor and enthusiasm for that. Um, I'll be in Miami. We're having a Lightning Ventures party there. Uh, I hope to see you there. I will be there. Um, and I uh, hope your awesome lady's going to belt out some tunes. She can sing quite a bit. She's like in the band. We're going to figure it out. Oh. Um, but yeah, so Miami should be fun. And then um, in Prague, and um, no idea what's after that. Bitblock boom and Pacific and all that good stuff. Well, uh, it's been an honor, Mike, to, to have you on the show. Really appreciate it and look forward to seeing you next week, man. It's going to be a great time. Cool, buddy. Thanks for having me.
All right, bro. Take care. All right, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Simply Bitcoin Live. We really, really appreciate it. We would not be here without all your guys' support. If you enjoyed the episode, make sure to smash that like button. If you feel like we provided you some value, consider subscribing to our YouTube channel. Really, really helped. Or our Rumble channel. We have a we have a nice uh, live audience from Rumble as well. So we really appreciate you guys tuning in. And of course, the number one thing you could do to help push the peaceful Bitcoin revolution is share all Bitcoin content. Don't share shitcoin content because that's counterproductive, but share all Bitcoin content. Get it out there. Get your friends and family orange pill. That's how we're going to win the peaceful Bitcoin revolution. If you want to join the after party, we are co-hosting a spaces with our friends over at Swan Bitcoin. Best place to build your Bitcoin stack. Shout out to the best producer in the game, producer Jacob. And we're hosting that all the way till 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So about 24 minutes of just conversation, good time. Opti is going to be holding it down. Anyways, guys, that's it for now. We'll see you tomorrow for another episode of Simply Bitcoin Live. All right, you already know the deal. It's your boy Opti. We are in Twitter Spaces. Uh, I already got someone up here. I'm gonna get trolled by Nate. I can already feel it in my bones. But you already know the deal. This is a Bitcoin space by Bitcoiners for Bitcoiners. So come up here, add some two sats to the. I see Tal laughing down there. <laughs> oh man, what a day! What a day! Well, uh, honestly, guys, I know I'm, I'm. I might be throwing a curveball on you guys here. Uh, but there is a, another space that I kind of want to get into. So we'll, we'll roll this one out for a little bit, but Hey Nate, what are you doing? What do you want to add to the show? What do you, what's, what am I going to get trolled on right now?